Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. We're almost at the official end of our church year on November 27th, just in, what's that, 21 days? We will turn the calendar and head into Advent. And although we might consider Advent to be the official season of expectation and waiting and hope, All Saints Day truly marks a shift in the themes of our readings. The last few weeks of the church year prepare us for the season of Advent. The church year concludes with the readings and themes related to the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and it focuses on the traditional themes of Advent, the four last things, namely death, judgment, heaven, and hell, those four themes of Advent. All things that seem to be clouded in mystery and things that many people do not talk about for various reasons. This end of the church year season brings these things in the forefront of our readings. And the day that really marks the beginning of the end of the year is All Saints Day, which we celebrated on November 1st. And we do that every year. That was just last Tuesday. It is the day we remember all of the elect, the saints we might know and have heard and read about, possibly read their some of their writings. Of course, St. Paul, St. Augustine, St. Irenaeus, and so forth. And of course, there are the saints no one has heard of, the ones that have quietly and faithfully served the Lord in their time. Nevertheless, the saints of God are alive in Christ. And our gospel reading points toward this truth today, where Jesus said, Where Moses speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. You see, even though the Bible patriarchs, the New Testament believers, the church fathers, and the many faithful that have come after are all dead in the present age, in the eternal age, they are alive before God. They are present with Christ Jesus around the throne of God. For God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And Jesus said these words in our gospel reading to the Sadducees. Sadducees were religious and political leaders in Jerusalem. Many of them were relatives, perhaps even family members, who controlled commerce and festivals related to the temple and the most holy city. The Sadducees were different from the other biblical group you have probably heard of, known as the Pharisees. The Sadducees were a much smaller group that were only located in Jerusalem around the temple. Pharisees were more all over the place, not just in Palestine, but all over. They oversaw the synagogues that existed in many cities of antiquity as long as there was a large enough Jewish population to support the synagogue. You would find Pharisees in those places. So the Pharisees were scattered about and the Sadducees were not. They were near the temple. And the two ancient Jewish groups also had great differences in theology. Frankly, they didn't get along well. And one of those differences was related to life after death, the resurrection. And the Sadducees were trying to trap Jesus by going on about how ludicrous the idea of the resurrection is. 
telling the story about a woman who had married seven men, all brothers, as in, is in accord with Jewish law, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? Rhetorically suggesting how logic fails the idea of resurrection. And Jesus clearly takes the side of the Pharisees here who believed in the resurrection. The Pharisees held that the Jewish Testament, the Old Testament, teaches life after death, teaches resurrection. So Jesus turns to the Older Testament and proclaims that God is the God of the living, not of the dead, for he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who are alive with God. And Jesus also talks a bit about the afterlife when we are present with Christ, the resurrection. And concerning all of this, Jesus said, those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. So a few things here. Resurrection life will not be the same as our present life. Death will have been abolished. Sexual relations and the need for a family line to continue on will be irrelevant. We will live in a deathless, immortal state, and in this way we will be like angels, but this is not to say that we will become angels. That's basic folk religion. Our loved ones do not become angels. They remain humans. And when Christ returns, the Christian belief is in a bodily resurrection. We will be with the Lord in our redeemed bodies forever. And this is the teaching of the Old Testament. It was present in our first reading from Job. We heard these prophetic words, for I know that my Redeemer lives and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, then my flesh, in my flesh, I shall see God. And right there is the hope in the resurrection all the way back in Job, possibly the oldest book in the, in the scriptures. Destroyed flesh becomes redeemed flesh. This is the teaching of the New Testament as well as we see in the words of our Lord here in the gospel from St. Luke. It is also in our the theology as Anglicans, as Episcopalians. In our collect for today, we pray this. Listen once again. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life. Grant that having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom. Our future resurrection is patterned after Jesus' resurrection. Our bodies and souls will be made like him as we live eternally with Christ Jesus in our redeemed bodies. And it is this belief, it is this belief that what happens when we die, the bodily resurrection that has shaped the people of God from the beginning, from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, through the prophets, through the apostles, to the church, through the ages, the belief in the resurrection. 
sociologist Rodney Stark, who traces the growth of the Christian religion in his book, The Rise of Christianity, tells the story of an epidemic in the second century. The death toll was extreme, and anyone who had wealth or status would flee an infected city and take care of themselves, and the poor and the sick were left. However, many Christians stayed in the cities to care for the poor and sick. And Stark, in his book, notes from ancient sources how their belief in the afterlife and their future resurrection with Christ forever gave them hopeful will to care for those in need. Rodney Stark writes, the Christians were certain that this life was but a prelude. The truth of being with Christ forever is the truth of the gospel. It is the promise found in the atonement. The cross of Jesus provides the way for freedom from sin. The cross of Jesus makes the way for the resurrection to happen. And Christ's resurrection is the first fruit of all the future resurrections. Christ Jesus' redeemed body is the promise we have for our own future as we will become like him in a redeemed state. And we are called to repent of our sin and believe, believing in the work of Jesus on the cross, a sacrifice for our sins, that believing in Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, that anyone who believes in Jesus will not perish but have eternal life. The truth of everlasting life in Christ is transforming. You see, my hope is no longer in my politics. My hope is no longer in my nationality. My hope is no longer in my work ethic, my ability to get something done, or my bank account. And not that all those things can be wrong, but my hope is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And because of that hope, we can go out into this world and boldly declare the good news of Jesus. You see, there is a way to be free from sin, guilt and sorrow. There is a way to be set free from the bondage of this world. And that way is found in Jesus Christ who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Christian brothers and sisters, may we not get so caught up with the hope of this age that we lose sight of the hope of the resurrection. But may we, because of this hope in Christ Jesus, because we become so consumed by this hope, so saturated by this hope that we will live with Christ forever, that we truly love the people around us, living sacrificially for them and telling them lovingly about who it is that makes our life worth living, who it is that sets the captives free, who it is that heals the brokenhearted, who it is that gives sight to the blind, and who it is that proclaims good news to the poor. It's Jesus Christ who is the beginning and the end, the one who reigns forever and is calling us to follow him. The good news lesson today is that we believe in a resurrection. We will be with Christ forever. Share the good news of that message. It's not just an Easter message. It should be our daily walk in Christ Jesus. For this life is but a shadow of the one to come.
we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as we serve him in this world. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.